And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name, of course, is Eddie Cohn. I am the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. Thank you so much for listening, being a part of today's show. And I'm really very excited about today's episode. The timing is really awesome. And first of all, if you dig the show, please, you got to head over to iTunes, write a review. You have to share the show with friends, please. I think it's really important for people to hear this episode. It really exemplifies the dystopian attitude that I think is emanating every single day from Facebook. And I find there's a lot of irony where today Facebook apparently is going to hire more people to control the content and make sure that falsified information is not shared on their platform, which how are they going to determine that? But before we get there, today's episode, I'm, I'm happy to welcome a musician, a friend, producer, Todd Beeson onto the show. I met Todd about, I think, I think this is almost like 12 to 15 years ago at Genghis Cohen. We were both uh, performing, doing a show there, and we obviously connected ironically through Facebook Um, or we shared information. And I was really struck by a conversation, quote unquote, that he was having with some people on Facebook this last week. And I had to reach out to him and talk to him about it. Basically, we have a mutual friend who has been questioning what's been going on with the coronavirus. I do believe we live in this world now where there's more grandstanding, there's less being able to listen or hear other people's perspective, There's less conversations, there's more yelling, bullying, and I do think it is not only mirroring the president, I think that's sort of an easy go-to person who to say he is sort of the precursor or the the cause of a lot of this, which I'm convinced he is. But I think Facebook is allowing all of these fake conversations, the yelling, the misinformation to go on. Facebook right now to me is the worst place on the planet. And sadly, I go on there to post episodes of my podcast. But the minute I go on there and look at a feed of any sort, it's always somebody grandstanding about some political issue regarding the coronavirus and how they're right and everybody else is wrong. And the idea that we can't question what's going on, I mean, again, I just, I am flabbergasted still to this day that this virus has caused this worldwide shutdown. And the idea that one will easily say, well, we didn't want what happened in Italy to happen here. But one could objectively say that it's impossible for what happened in Italy to happen anywhere else because of many particular factors, be it the age of the population, the connection between China and Italy, the nonstop flights from Wuhan to Italy, which are which Italy is one of the only countries in the world that has nonstop flights. And then in addition, just this idea that Wuhan, where this supposed virus started, there's biological labs there. And also the Americans the American government is sending money to Wuhan and this lab and has been for years. So it's a very confusing situation. And then one day you have the Surgeon General, the Attorney General saying that Um, this week is going to be our Pearl Harbor. And then he's saying this fall could be worse for the coronavirus than this, this current situation. Then we have somebody in the LA Times saying that you should avoid the ocean because the ocean is a breeding ground for the virus. I think the reality is before you hear the conversation, we don't know. 
And when you live in a day and age when you don't know, the media, politicians, even medical professionals will have a field day and freak people out. And that's ultimately what's happened. And people have agendas. People want to get your attention. The media wants to get your eyeballs off of Instagram or Facebook. And Facebook is the breeding ground for all of this chaos and misinformation. So when I saw what was going on with Todd, he he merely is questioning if this is a result of 5G, and he's questioning technology in general because he has experienced shocks and seizures because of technology. So I think this is all very reasonable information to think about. I thought it was an important conversation to have. So I'm thrilled that Todd joined me on the show. It gets very emotional. Sometimes you hear some banging uh, fists onto the counter, and it's just Todd very passionately speaking about his stance and what happened on Facebook. And I think it's creating a world where people are incapable of listening to anybody else's perspective but their own. Todd Beeson on today's episode. Really quickly, just a few connections here to today's episode. Paul Meany is the singer-songwriter of a band, one of my favorite bands, Mute Math. You have to follow him on Instagram if you want to watch an amazing video that's going to inspire and blow you away. Head over to Paul Meany, M-E-A-N-Y, on Instagram. Check out this six-minute video. It's on his IGTV of him recording, looping this amazing song. And the reason why I'm bringing this up also is because I'm going to play a couple songs of Todd's in the podcast. About a half hour in, I play a song from his band. I play a song from his band called Future. Uh, I'm sorry, the song is called Future, and the band is Marvelty. It's great music. It reminds me of Mute Math. It's kind of got this... um, sort of 80s rock vibe, similar to Mute Math, but I'm also suddenly forgetting the the name of the band. The Weezers. Weezer. It sort of sounds like Weezer a little bit too. He's got a great voice, great drums. And I'm not just, it's just, it's really good music. And I also closed the show with a song called It Is What It Is from a band called The Lift. He's not singing that one. I guess he's singing backup, but he wrote most of the lyrics He wrote the riff, I guess really contributed a lot to that band as well. So again, hope you dig today's episode. Last little piece of information before the episode, head over to the New York Times and read a review, or rather read an article called Pandemic Propaganda is Coming. Be ready for it. And this podcast emanated out out of my disdain for social media and what it's doing to our society. It has literally ruined people's brains, the way we communicate. People don't listen anymore. There's more anxiety, tension, chaos. And it's all because of Facebook and Instagram. I would be very curious if we could just eliminate Facebook for the next year, how our culture might change. So make sure you follow Todd Beeson on Instagram. Check out his music. All the information for where you can find it will be in the notes for this podcast episode. Uh, find me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn. My website is iameddiecohn.com. Again, head over to iTunes, write a review, give it a five star. You can support my show directly at my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. You can take some of my yoga classes on my YouTube channel, which is Eddie Cohn Yoga. But that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Tower Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. All right.
I don't know what the hell is happening. Man, that's that's always the golden trick. I think... If in doubt, turn your computer off and turn it back on and reboot. <laughs> it's so weird. I literally just tried like two minutes ago and just whatever. Well, first of all, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I, I have... I don't want... Like, you know, time's limited. We could talk about five million different things, but I... Was I have let me just preface this by preface this by saying two things. I started a podcast about eighteen months ago because in the long or rather the short story, I think Instagram is ruining the world, and I still firmly believe that Facebook, Instagram. Of course, we'll get into it, but just right now, I look. I I, I dread going onto Facebook, although I go there to post my podcast and my yoga classes. But the minute I go on there, people are bickering and just grandstanding and saying their opinions now about the coronavirus. And everybody has an article that they're sharing about, you know, some doctor in Israel thinks that we're overreacting. And then, of course, now the LA Times today, just there was a person, a, a researcher or epidemiologist who thinks we should not be going into the ocean anymore because anybody that goes into the ocean is, is super high risk. And then last point, and then I'll let you talk is that then just the attorney general or the surgeon general just came out today and in a Washington Post article said, I'm, I have a, not I have a hunch, but through modeling, he thinks next year's coronavirus season is going to be even worse than this season. So it's just like fucking driving me crazy. So you, I, let me hear your thoughts first of all. And, and, and this will lead to your post on Facebook and sort of the insane back and forth that's going on and, and what, what your angle is with the coronavirus, et cetera. Wow. Well, uh, you know, I guess this all started here getting personal with me a little bit when um, my father was traveling to Florida in the beginning of March. Looking at the statistics, I had a hard time wanting to accept it because I just saw, uh-oh, a lot of people I know that it's been known that something along the fact that, you know, they said 40% of the population cannot handle a, an unexpected $400 expense. Yeah. If they're going to start closing businesses, uh-oh, watch out. I didn't want to believe it. I, I didn't. And, uh, well, why not? Why didn't you believe it? Just a little bit of my inner questioner. I think we have to question everything that happens. I don't think we can just accept everything that's been spoon fed. So also due to the past, the fact that we've had some, uh, viruses in the past come and go. So I thought, why would this be any different? It's interesting because I've I've sort of had the same personality traits where I'm not playing devil's advocate and I hate where if somebody questions what Dr. Fauci or the media is saying, then they're immediately going to call you a hater or a Republican or a Trump lover. And then, of course, an anti-Semite showed up at some rally that was protesting what the government is doing. And now they're just associating anybody that's there is an anti-Semite. Yeah, to paint that bland of a brush is not fair. The fact that you can't even be allowed to publicly question something 
I think has kind of gotten way out of hand on, you know, there's this ongoing tug of war. It seems like the media has really pitted against each other. If you are, don't think one way, uh, 100% this way, this idealism is absolutely ridiculous. You put yourself in such a box that you can't even question something for fear that you can't get out of line. Um, that's where we're off. And I, I, I think that there's a lot of misinformation that's out there to begin with. Um, uh, there is a little bit of a, you know, I've had some rubs on Facebook where I've brought up a particular situation, which I can only personally speak, you know, full on speak on is my own personal experience, which I've suffered, um, some shocks and seizures. Uh, and, and if I, and I'm going to talk about this and God forbid somebody doesn't feel like I'm worthy of speaking on it, and I've been called names. And, and uh, I, I can't even share my personal experience without being critiqued or hassled. Uh, it, it's, it's just, that's not how it should be. <laughs> Whatever happened to listening? I think that this country has a major listening problem. <laughs> and it's really best represented with what you said, you know, the Facebook. For fear you go on Facebook, it's just going to be fight, 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 fight. You, you can't question anything or else you are... You're, 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 you're the enemy. Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, you'll take it, they'll take it to you, calling you an uh, anti-Semite republic or whatever. You can't escape the judgment from this faux society of <laughs> fake book. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's... So what... T- tell me and the listeners... So what was the post that I saw? Because um, how does... Of course, there's some conspiracy theories out there about this is connected to 5G. And I haven't necessarily latched on to that. I just, again, I, I'm not that I'm being spineless here and, and latching on. Okay, a lot of people say, well, Eddie, you're questioning this. Well, then what is it? Well, I, I don't know. Because there's too much, there's too many weird coincidences, too many random stories, and there's, the timing is odd, and, and Wuhan is the center of, uh, a biological lab and, and America is apparently funding, sending money there. And then it's, and then Italy is one of the few countries in the whole world that has nonstops from Wuhan to Italy. So there's a huge Italian Chinese connection. So maybe that may explain the elevated numbers in Italy to begin with. Uh, there, there's so many I guess my point is, is that everyone wants to jump to a conclusion and say it's this and just stand by it and grandstand about it when the reality is is that I don't know if anybody's really being honest about what's really going on because then there's agendas that are involved. So go back to sort of your – what was your reasoning for your post and, and, and what happened? Well, I, I did see uh, um, where somebody had made a post about to tying uh, the G5 and the virus and Bill Gates and – um, uh, vaccinations and so forth, and that has been an ongoing support, a supposed you know like Republican agenda type thing. From my own personal experience, like I said, I, I don't doubt that G five technology or whatever some technology is already unsafe because I've experienced these shocks, and um, 
I, I, I didn't want to go the full gamut on talking about the virus and Bill Gates and so forth, but I did comment on that post that said, hey, just want to let you know, um, can you please consider the fact that um, I have suffered already as a result of uh, perhaps uh, technology not letting us know how dangerous it already is. When I sat down a few years ago, I was building a website for my music, and I sat there for many hours um, right next to a Wi-Fi hub. And uh, I just kind of got lost in my flow of uh, working and then stood up for the first time in a few hours, and it felt like all of my life force was draining right out of me, and boom, I started shaking, uh, shivering hard. It felt like somebody squeezed my chest, I didn't know if I was going to faint. I didn't know if I was going to die. I didn't know if I was having a heart attack. All I know is this seems uh, very strange, and uh, I didn't necessarily put one and one together that it was the Wi-Fi hub, but um, ongoing then uh, later after that uh, all happened, in that week I had had my cell phone in my pocket and all of a sudden I felt some real nervous twitching going on in my leg. And uh, then maybe two nights later, I was holding the phone in my bed and a boom, it happened again. Hmm. And uh, I thought, well, this is technology. This is driving me crazy. Um, I'm not feeling right. I'm feeling anxious. It made sense with why I would go into recording studios sometimes, and after a certain number of hours, my brain would shut down, my hands would get clammy. Um, I wouldn't feel right. I felt like I was getting electrocuted or, or something along those lines. I was not feeling like me. I went to get a, um, immediate treatment after the second time it happened by going to an urgent care just to kind of do a little quick little vital check. And as I was explaining myself to this doctor who looked like he wasn't even listening. He started the inspection with me. First thing he did was he pulled out his phone and he turned on the light on the back of the phone and he was going to use that to look into my ears. And I told him, I can't even be, I can't even have my phone on right now when I'm carrying it around. I just turned it on when I have to call somebody. And I, I, I was like, are you I flipped out. I walked out of there and I said, I'm not paying for this. The guy didn't even listen to me. He gave me some little basic monkey test and gone. Oh, so people don't listen. It's, it's like they cannot even understand that this could be a possibility. And in which I find it shocking, literally shocking and unnerving. Um, and when I try to talk to people about this, I'm just so surprised, you know, whether it be online or in a WhatsApp thread with some high school friends and saying, hey, you know, what? just watch out for your technology. I think we're being hosed as far as its safety standards being actually met and safe. And I'll hear, embrace technology or, uh, you know, science is not anecdotal. And I'm like, well, actually, science is anecdotal because there's cause and there's effect. And I know what the damn cause was. So be, these people, it's like they're getting off on trying to shut you down, doing some posturing uh, where it doesn't even make sense. And they forget the fact that they can go like, oh, man, did that really happen to you? 
There's no none of that. There's no sympathy. There's no, oh, really? Is that possible? Man, this is real. I experienced it. I don't know how much more real I can talk about. I say, I can't talk about, yes, I think that it's, it's amazing. There are completely amazing coincidences that this happened in Wuhan where G5 was rolling out, this virus. And I also have a mind that's keenly aware of the fact that a year ago, when I saw Thibault and Burnett speak, hmm. he spoke of an upcoming 20, 30, everybody to be combined one with AI. Okay, this is about a year ago when, when he spoke at the South by Southwest Music Festival keynote addressed in which he was supposed to talk about music in the digital age, but he took it way beyond that. In fact, when I went to see him speak, I know the publicist for the event of LA Labs Talks and, and it just so happened they had free tickets. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I thought I was just gonna go see this great master producer speak. And then he told me that and a bunch of other stuff and I went off my Facebook account for five months after that. I deactivated. Um, just knowing how our information is being mined in ways that you don't even know. He said basically the Fourth Amendment is being violated with about every application that we download. With our, you know, all of our information is being sent off into who knows where. And uh, I found it very scary, and I got off, and I only came back on again when it came time for me to promote a show for my wife's music. And uh, that's where I usually try to get back on and do my Facebook or Instagram would be if, well, I did say on Insta at that time because I, I just couldn't handle watching all the negative articles anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we're on Facebook, I, I kind of liken it to being the days when I would be a substitute teacher and you have donuts in the faculty break room almost every single day. And you know that these donuts are bad for you. But when you walk, you walk by it 10 times and you can say no to it. But that 10th time you grab the donut, it's just the same as you grabbed it the first time. The more and more numbers, you are just getting inundated with just negativity, negativity, negativity. And, and the way that online media is done to begin with is it's just all these little bites just done to just grab at you. And you don't feel good. No. It, it, and it's like, I didn't, I'm not on this earth to, 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 re, to be pulled into this web. It's, I call it, you know, I've said this before I posted it. It's like, remember people, it's called the web for a reason. Don't get stuck. Yeah. Have your life, live your life. Don't live it virtually, live it here and now. And then turn that stuff off. Um, well, the problem is, is that, and I don't know, like so many millions, billions of people are, either addicted or using it, or that's the only way that people communicate now that if, if, you, and, and, you know, I teach yoga classes and I have a podcast and I'm writing a book and it's like when this stuff is done or I want people to go or take my class or your wife wants to go to her, people want, you want people to go to your wife's show. I mean, this is the conundrum and I, I, I am conflicted with it all the time because I feel like I have to use these, these platforms. Like I don't have a choice. Yeah, the necessary evil of having to coexist in that dirty playground. Yeah. <laughs> that, that high school hierarchy that still keeps itself going. Well, and it's funny, my last podcast, I even said it has literally 
reverted people back to us all being high school students. And it it plays with people's insecurities. It it creates bullying. And even your quote-unquote, like, I know you don't follow this person anymore. I I don't know if I should say their name, but that one person that was literally just attacking you and and you know Joey Peters is a mutual friend he is just merely presenting articles and statistics where in every single state other than New York and I forget the other one maybe New Jersey I'm not sure there's there are more flu deaths than COVID-19 deaths just instead of just taking that in and listening and thinking objectively about what that means people are just so adamant that the media and the politicians and these epidemiologists have our best interests. And I just think that's a bunch of bullshit. I think you have to question it all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going out there and putting myself in front of people when I'm, I've been on lockdown. It just seems interesting because of all these things that have happened for a long time, for example, like safety standards. Oh, I'm getting shocked. They don't care. You know, they're, they're just going to up the voltage anyways. People are dying from a lot of different things all the time. Uh, and yet we have deal with Monsanto or Bayer or whatever that's po- like poisoning our food supply. Um, why aren't we trying to do something about that? What about the opioid crisis? Uh, you know, you can look at this thing as uh, how Big Farm has been destroying people for years. Um you can look at how big tech is now taking advantage of people's information and shocking them. What are we doing there? But yet this one thing comes in and, you know, I'm not trying to dispel the virus at all because God forbid, you know, I, I could lose somebody. But to not question it and to not be able to question it, that's the thing. And these statistics when you can't even get tested to begin with. So where are these statistics? You know, obviously that, if they're saying that 25 to 30% of people are asymptomatic, and then you got a bunch of people that might have it, that can't get tested. So our real, these percentages that we're actually seeing are, it's a higher percentage of death rate than it actually is. Again, not trying to, I mean, obviously, like what I think they said, more people died of this than in Vietnam. So there is a level of okay, this is major, but to not be able to question how this started, the possibilities of it, and why it's happening. When again, like I said, for my first thing that came up was like, well, we've had these pandemics before, but uh, why would this be any different? Uh, and the, the biggest thing that I think about this is is that Facebook <laughs> is in a has I think I started Facebook in 2008 and uh, in 2020 now obviously we went through a whole election with misinformation and now we got the daily fear of this being put out there multiple times through multiple media where people don't want to question it and if you do question it then you are said. It's supposed to be a conspiracist. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny. It's created, and this is why I blame Facebook and Instagram for ruining the world. Beyond the misinformation, 
it's somehow it's changing people's thought patterns. It's it's create it's creating more disconnection. It's creating more chaos because people literally don't know what to believe. It, it's it's impossible for people to see the other side. And it's it's strange. Like if you and I sat down and had dinner and we didn't agree on an issue, you know, we would have a back and forth dialogue. And either eventually you'd agree with me, you wouldn't agree with me, but at least we could actually hear each other. You the vast majority of people when they're disagreeing, aren't calling the person on the phone or sitting down with them. They are having that quote-unquote discussion on a fucking social media platform where they're trying to speak quicker or louder or call you names or be derogatory. And it it, it does then trickle into everybody's daily life and then people think about that. Like it, It's like you probably – your discussion that you had with Darwin on the on the internet, I'm sure you thought about – for hours. I mean, it, it does like, it's not like you turn off Facebook and then you just go to your wife or your friends and just have a peaceful dinner. It does stay with you psychologically. Yeah, you're right. In fact, um, when I reached the point where I just wanted to leave that alone for a little bit, I went for a walk with my wife and I really tried to work on getting present, but there was a moment where I just, I just said, okay, I need to tell you about what had happened on the internet here. And uh, I had to share that with her. Um, and you know, it, it just seemed like flat out bullying because I came here with my intention not to tell him he was less than anything. And in fact, I even started with saying, Hey man, you can believe what you want to believe, but just letting you know, I've suffered as a result of technology, supposed safe policies. And, uh, at one point in time, some other guy came on and said, so, uh, 5g doesn't kill people. And. I said, well, I don't know about 5G, but I know what happens with my cell phone and the radiation. And he, he went and said, it's not radiation. And went on to talk about how it's um, the same energy source that comes from the sun. And I said, but yes, but this is actually being, <laughs> I, I didn't, I really didn't go back on that. But I said, I, I, I tried to get into the point, like, why are you so resistant to my explaining my truth that there's not already a current danger, essentially? And then he took it to saying, well, so you're, if I have a uh, piece of chocolate and I'm allergic to it, uh, does that mean that uh, nobody else should be allowed to eat chocolate? And I just thought this comparison was absolutely ridiculous because, you know, uh, we're not getting chocolate forced upon us. <laughs> right. Because I, I can walk down the street, there's going to be G5 stuff everywhere or there's, you know, cell phones. It's part of our daily life. It's everywhere I am. I can... After all these shocks were happening three years ago, I stepped on an airplane and it felt like a minefield for me. It was just boo, boo, boo. I could not, uh, the tech, the stuff was still largely in me. At some point, uh, I was still suffering um, more shocks at that point until I loaded up on ways to protect myself better. This guy then anyways took it to the next step when I was asking who he was or why he felt this way he didn't really answer himself answer me except for saying that he was a low-ranking lizard which i think is going off on this whole lizard reptilian conversation that's going on right now in some of the conspiracy talks that i just i just thought he was just mocking me because that's what all these people that are uh all the people that are complaining about g5 and so forth are also 
having these conversations saying that people are lizards and <laughs> I, that, I get lost when that, when that comes up. Uh, this guy whose thread it was to begin with said it was very arrogant of me to come on his thread and tell him this. And I said, really? Uh, I said, I, I offered a personal experience here. Um, you know, and, and he's like, he, he's like, I'm insisting I'm telling him what I'm supposed to think. And it's not that I just said, please consider it. <laughs> yeah, I saw. And then, and then he got really offended and, and said, how dare you tell me that I, that I don't already, you know, consider or, or think thoughtfully outside of myself. And the reality is, is that, you know, he isn't, if you can't merely bring up, and, and again, that's what I think politics have become so divisive and how this this virus has become so political is so frustrating to me because if anybody questions it you're and, and there's such hatred for Trump which I understand I'm not a supporter of his but I still think this is all partic- uh, is just peculiar and somehow you know, I, I rather, I'm reading a book from um, Ezra Klein right now where, where politics 30 years ago, of course, there was some differences, but it wasn't so div- so divisive and it, it wasn't so polarized. And there was this chance that people could actually listen to the other person. And I do blame this way that people communicate primarily through DMs and comments and Facebook has created this extreme polarization where People are only thinking about themselves, coupled with, as you said earlier, people have no idea how to listen anymore. Yes, uh, well, these platforms, uh, some of them are kind of unchecked. If you got, you got one guy who's tweeting out threats and ushering up people to take up arms, and uh, and uh, Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter, supposedly is going to donate like a billion dollars towards helping this world. And I think if you know, uh, if you got a guy that's kind of terrorizing and calling people names every day. He's incited a lot of people to go along on that ride with him. And uh, and so we're getting attacked. In the 2016 election, I got attacked on Facebook when my cousin wrote something about her preference for Hillary. And then they called her a bitch. And uh, I just said, wait a second, you can't – if you're trying to like win an argument – don't don't be name calling like that. That's just not kind. And boom, after that, I was getting threats from these guys I didn't even know on Facebook. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's scary. I mean, these guys are basically all saying we got our guns and uh, and you're stupid and you're a stupid libtard. You better shut the f up. And uh, so with all that happening through Facebook again, it's like I was. For the for the, like the last two years, I've spent probably just as much time off it as I have been on it. And then you got the Twitter thing, which is just pure crazy hell. Um, but we we're musicians or artists, and we wanted to get ourselves out there. And it's like, okay, we're gonna be on there. Who are we gonna be? That in in the end, 
who are we going to be? Are we going to be that person that's calling the names? Um, hey, I've lost it sometimes. It, it, it's funny how I feel like I, I can, when somebody is being an a-hole and I call them an a-hole, but they, they were the one that was attacking me to begin with. That it's, there's, I, I, I've been dealing with sociopaths for so dang long that once one was, I felt, elected in 2016, I thought, uh-oh, this is dangerous because he is going to set a new president for presidents. And um, I just know you don't want to be in a relationship or do any business with a uh, narcissistic sociopath because whoever's in the relationship with that person, which is all of us in this country, will suffer. And that's, he's been divisive. It's, it's been a uh, very difficult four, almost four years here in this country where everything has been amplified. And uh, the social media just kind of helps promote all the misinformation and hatred. And, and uh, so when I'm post posting songs or posting some favorite songs, or I'm just trying to lighten the mood a little bit because I can't be... I just can't be those guys that are posting about politics 24-7. I, I don't want to be in that spin. That's not my life. That's not why I'm here.
because I met you years ago at a show at Genghis Cohen where we both played there. Yes, we did a monthly thing for three months there. Oh, that's right. Students open up and yeah, that's right. I remember yes. that now. Tell me your experience. I mean, have you have you found some positive ways to to utilize this time uh, creatively, interpersonally? I'm just curious. Yes, I I, I have. Thank you for for that because this is uh, something that's. I've been kind of actually in some ways, uh, I'm certainly not richy rich by any means at all. And I've run out of money a few times in my life. And uh, this isn't the best time for uh, finances for my wife and I and, and, and her business. But uh, it has actually given me a moment to take a breath that I think I had been begging for like a year ago I, I had this want to just like do something completely new to shake things up I had this fantasy of like god maybe I could go to some island for a few months and just detox from my life and just have a bit of a sabbatical because I, I feel like I've kind of been doing the same thing here many years in LA and just wanted to shake it up and kind of get back into myself being outside, just relaxing, not having to drive, drive, drive in LA. And so with this, I've used this as a moment to start anew and reset. Um, I start with a, my first half hour doing gratitude statements. I'm not online. I'm doing gratitude statements for like a half hour. And then Brooke and I, we chant. We're SGI Buddhists. We do some chanting. We think about what we want to create and focus on and make a difference in this world for a bit. And then we eat. And then maybe we can go for a nice long walk in the neighborhood or even a bike ride or a jog or stretch out, do some yoga. Um, just not having to go anywhere, we have a lot more time. So we've done that and I, I created a music video for a song of mine um, and I kind of did a remix for another song of mine that I've been sitting around for four years that lyrically seems very apropos with what we're going through right now. And just centered on what I can do and, and, and what healthy ways we can enact in, in catching our thoughts and not getting, it's, you know, it's, there's some pretty ugly things going on. Um, a lot of things we can't control, but we can work on controlling our mind, our thoughts, our actions better, and uh, lining up with uh, phone calls. I talk to my parents every single day, talk to my grandma every couple of weeks for sure, and, uh, um, and reach out to some friends here and there. Maybe a little uh, FaceTime just to at least make it a little bit more real. Yeah. Um, and talk about what matters and talk about share our share. That's the thing with it, with our friends. We can share our experience together, but on Facebook, you can't really share because you just, went, <laughs> it just be too much. It's a wholly other different energy. But when you're talking to friends about the same stuff and they, that you would talk about on Facebook, <laughs> that might be inflaming with friends, they listen to you. And, and it, it's a good time to, really be in gratitude for what you do have uh, and and what you can do and uh, getting back to, you know, a reset and recenter and feel reinvigorated again and, and trying to 
stay up on the uh, sunny side of things. Because, like, you know, there's so much... I, I, I'll never go to Yahoo homepage again. I won't do it. I, I don't watch the news. Um, Facebook, I, I limit it. Uh, some days where it's just I'm just going to look at notifications. And uh, maybe even, like, the weekend I might take it off. You know, you just can't be ruled by that stuff. And you just have to do the best you can with, with the people that you got right now. Because this is all we've got. <laughs> well, and the last thing I'm thinking, I'll let you go. I just, I think... You know, we weren't meant. There, there is a reason why I think a lot of celebrities have issues with fame. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, they're making millions of dollars. But I don't think we are meant to be connected with more than maybe 50 to 100 people. Because but more than that, it's just too many opinions, too many thoughts. People can just throw darts at you all day. And, and this idea that anybody can go on a Twitter and if you don't like Justin Timberlake, you know, you could, you could tell him the fuck off or say any, like you shouldn't be allowed to reach out to anybody you want and say what you want. I mean, of course, if, if, you know, somebody could say, well, let's say you like Justin Timberlake and you like his song, isn't it okay to, to reach out to him and say how much you love that new song with with Za or something. But my my point is is that sure, but but the problem is is that it gives liberties where people think that they can just say whatever they want. And I and then back to my earlier point, I, it, it to me it feels like we're not meant to be able to communicate with a thousand people. It's just um, going to create more drama than is necessary. Yeah, you certainly can't be best friends with a thousand people, that's for sure. <laughs> but they said that they'll say if you, get, you can count uh, on, you know, a full hand to all the great friends that you've had, you, you're, you're doing well. So, um, uh, you know, through my, actually, my teaching of elementary school, that, that is the one place you can make a great difference because it is nice to know that there are teachers out there that are teaching to think before you speak, meaning say something that's true, helpful, important, necessary, and kind. If you can remember that and think before you say things, uh, then we'll all get along a lot better. <laughs> yeah. But Todd, I appreciate you talking. I was really moved by what I saw, the, the battlefield that I saw on, on Facebook, and I just think that kind of stuff is happening nonstop, and it has to stop. It's probably not going to stop because it's too late now. But, you know, in a perfect world, I, I do feel like if Facebook could just go away for a year, I, I, I think it would create some deeper, more thoughtful conversations. Yes, if we could just get back to Friendster. <laughs> yes. Uh, or those simple days of MySpace, which was, which was great until it just became overran, overrun with marketing and fake numbers. Yeah, which is... <laughs> all these bands that had thousands of fans, but you know if they played, they play in front of three people. Yeah, <laughs> it just you couldn't trust it anymore. Huh, it's, it's, it sounds a lot like Facebook now. <laughs> well, <exactly. laughs> well, Todd, I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate you joining me and talking on the show. Thanks for having me, Eddie. Yeah, dude, have a good day. You keep rocking, buddy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Thank you. All right. All right.